0: Pitch to the Center Circle Studio. Tim Van Horn goes studs up into the soccer world where no one is safe. Yeah! The 18 yard box is wall free. This is my three subs podcast. A soccer odyssey with your manager, Tim Van Horn.
1: Breaking news no soccer for Memphis until the summer. Say it ain't so. Did you say say it again? No soccer no. for Memphis until the summer.
2: You're gonna make me cry.
1: We'll tell you all about that coming up. Uh, a couple of slip ups in the Premier League title race, a little bit of a shift in the standings, and Arsenal finally broke through the defense of Manchester City. However, it took several hours after the match for it to do so. We'll tell you how. <laughs> so. We've got all that. We've got injury news. We got uh, transfer rumors, and we've also got USL. magic spray. We got. We, I think we have magic spray. We <laughs> cannot confirm, but we are pretty certain that USL Championship side Memphis Nine Hundred One FC's uh, Angie Zokowski, who is the head trainer, is in studio with us to talk about player safety, player rehab, and uh, talking about maybe magic spray. Hopefully, magic spray. Yes. Yes. In the meantime, we got our shin guards on, our shoes tied tight, and we are standing in the tunnel. Brody Scott and I are ready to go to the Center Circle Studio. This is My Three Subs.
0: We'll be back with today's kickoff from the Center Circle Studios. This is My Three Subs, a soccer odyssey.
1: Well, look who's in the podcast studio today. It's the president of Financial Wealth Services and huge Memphis soccer fan, Hal Downing. Hal, how you doing,
2: brother? I'm doing great. Glad to
1: be here. Listen, let's talk about Financial Wealth Services. What do you guys do?
2: We are a source of capital, uh, almost a matchmaker, if you will, between uh, small, medium, large companies and uh, a source of capital for direct investments
1: for high net worth individuals. I know for a fact that you've got a ton of experience in real estate and other aspects of the financial industry, decades of experience, and people can trust you with that. How, how can they pick up the phone and call you? Uh, numbers 901-498-2190. I know that you're a gigantic soccer fan and probably the only thing you love more than soccer is helping people out.
0: Yes, uh, 10% of all gross proceeds in my firm go to the Catholic Diocese here in Memphis
2: and we're also involved in other charities as well. All right, what's that phone number again and, and, and do you have an email address?
1: 901-498-2190
0: 901-498-2190 email 7 at gmail.com
1: That's Hal Downing President of Financial Wealth Services 901-498-2190 Hal, thanks for coming in and thanks for being a supporter of this podcast really do appreciate you
0: Thank you This is my three subs a soccer odyssey We're underway from the Center Circle Studios
1: Well, the top of the Premier League is
2: still a little bit topsy-turvy Well, not the very top Yeah, you gotta get down one rung, yeah. <laughs> in that's order, about, yeah, in I mean, order for it to get a little, little wonky there.
1: You don't have to do a deep dive, just maybe a little bit of a snorkel there. But Liverpool got Mo from Mo. Solid that is. His pair of goals are all they needed to ease past uh, bottom dwellers Watford. That's so genial. Don't call them bottom dwellers. Okay, I'll be more politically correct. The twentieth best team <laughs> in the Premier League <laughs> with nine points, <laughs>
2: Watford. Bottom dwellers. I guess you could have called them bottom feeders. It would have been worse. Yeah, You know, they're bad. Or just
1: call them the Hornets. I'll just call them what they are.
2: Goal goal behind, I think they're like 29,
1: 30 at this point. Yeah, the goal differential. Maybe they ought to call it the goal exponential. But nonetheless, Liverpool... holding serve at the top of the table. Jamie Vardy scored. Well, he likes to party. Vardy, Vardy, he likes to party, but he wasn't partying too hard at the end of this match. He did kind of, sort of, maybe score. His (laughs) attempt was inadvertently steered in by Norwich keeper Tim Krul for an own goal, which is cruel in and of itself. He got a Constellation prize.
2: A Constellation
1: prize, yes, (laughs) because he's a star.
2: Right, you know, hey, Vardy, good job, kind of. You
1: got the ball there. Who laughed last? I guess... Norwich actually did because the Canaries uh, can claim a moral victory, securing a 1-1 draw, breaking a huge amount of momentum that the Leicester City Foxes had, and uh, a little bit of a slip up there as uh, it looked like Leicester, and, and still maybe we got a long way to go, but they seem to be have voted, seem to have been voted most likely to give Liverpool a uh, at least a, 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 a shot, a, a shot. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I don't know if they're going to make that run. Liverpool is just out there. Gosh, they're good.
1: And we'll tell you how that impacts the standings coming up in just a moment. Manchester City uh, still stinging from the loss mm-hmm. in that Manchester derby to Manchester United the previous weekend. However... They uh, took it out on Arsenal. They, 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 were, they were digging up some good vibrations over the weekend. That match was finished by halftime Man. as they east past Arsenal in the Emirates. 3-0. Freddie Lundberg uh, is begging the Arsenal brass to pick a permanent manager ASAP in the transfer window. We're going to talk about they may be getting closer rather than farther away yeah. to
2: naming somebody. They got to do something at Arsenal. Let me tell you, that whole second half, when you've got people filing out of that stadium 20 minutes to go in in the half, boy, oh, boy, that's a sign to the brass, or it should be a sign to the brass saying, come on, wake up, do something here. This is not okay. And it didn't even look like Arsenal was up for the fight in the no. first place. No,
1: it, Other than the lack of running, passing, Shooting and defending, they did pretty well against Man
2: City. <laughs> Creativity wasn't there. There was no care in the world to be there. They, they must be w- watching SpongeBob, uh, you know, on Saturday the Jumbotron. Morning. Yeah. They, at least they would have gotten something out of it.
1: Absolutely. So Arsenal still very much struggling. Manchester City, uh, gets back to their winning ways. Chelsea, they couldn't carry their Champions League momentum into the weekend. Uh, you know, Chelsea, of course, midweek. Clinched a final 16 knockout round spot, and we'll talk about the knockout rounds in a few moments. But Dan Gosling helped Bournemouth steal a famous 1-0 win over the Blues. Chelsea have not won in the league since November 2nd, but Man. something that's one thing to remember. Second thing, though, with Dan Gosling's goal, even in spite of that, Ryan Gosling still greater than Dan Gosling. Got
2: the boyish good look thing going for him.
1: Yeah, he does, absolutely. <laughs> so Chelsea uh, struggling. Spurs, how about Spurs? We were talking just a few episodes ago about them being on the brink of irrelevancy
2: Enter Jose Mourinho Boy. and now they're pushing for top 4 status. Right back at the top 4 and uh, a high high contender for I would argue second. I don't think they're going to get Liverpool, but I think I think they're going to make a run. They very very well might do that, and they proved
1: further credibility this weekend by taking on a very good Wolves team, who I think are going to stick around in the top
2: half of the table come May. That Wolves team is a a strong mid-contender. I I don't think that they're going to make a run for the top by any stretch of the imagination. However, watch out for the Wolves come, I don't know, next season, two seasons, where they get a little bit more mature. They get like this momentum thing rolling, and boy, that ball could go down the hill very quickly. I thought that was a fun match to watch oh, at absolutely. the weekend. It was
1: frantic the entire 90 minutes. I thought the pace was good. But on top of that, what really impressed me was the skill level that was maintained. And, and if it weren't for Jan, uh, Jan Vertonghen, Jan or Jan, depending on what part of <laughs> Europe you're from, right? Vertonghen's late goal sealed the deal for Spurs. They walk out with a much-needed three points, and uh, they continue to press their way, getting closer to breaking into that top four. Of course, they are through to the final 16 in the Champions League. They'd love to grab another top four spot to rinse and repeat for 2020-2021.
2: What sleeper we had with uh, Chelsea versus Bournemouth, or or, excuse me, Arsenal versus um, Man City, boy, we made up for in that Spurs-Wolves game. That match was just fantastic.
1: Fantastic. Two great managers there, and uh, two very good teams that were battling it out, and and wolves you know who's to say had they not won that match maybe they would have a bigger aspiration toward that top 4 spot True. maybe they're not quite ready for primetime but i'll tell you they are fun to watch and as you mentioned in the next couple of years a club to watch with with yeah. enough talent there to to be sustainable now it wouldn't be a manchester united <laughs> everton match if there weren't shin guards flying yeah. tackles flying and everything being on razor's edge and even in 2019 still holds true more cards handed out than vegas and that's saying something i'm just saying it was a great matchup i've been to one at old trafford before and i will tell you that as much as manchester united hates liverpool and of course that manchester city rivalry has been reborn that everton rivalry has not gone away no and another terrific match and if it weren't for 18-year-old Mason Greenwood, Everton would have walked away with a win on this one, but honors even after all is settled. How great is it
2: though that an 18-year-old gets that that goal in there? I mean, from the developmental side of it all, you know, where you've got this 18 year old, maybe 17, 16 year olds looking up at that going, That could be me. I could squelch that Everton, you know, squad or whatever. I saw a recent story, I
1: believe. This season marks right around the 4,000th consecutive match where at least one Manchester United Academy player wow. has been in the main roster for the club. And you talk about as much money as they splash in the transfer window, they, de- they they spend a lot of money developing talent out of their Carrington training ground. Which, from what I've seen in the setup, even the under-10s mm-hmm. get. Are, they train within eye shot of where the first team's training, so that they always have their eye. On the price, so say oh what you will about Manchester United. Uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer looks like he's wanting
2: to get them back to their roots, right. which is going to take some time. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, when you've got a scheme like that happening at Everton, where you've got the carrot dangling right in front of the horse, there, boy, that's dangerous because that just breeds success. It does, and 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 it's. It, it,
1: look at their trophy case. There's, there's proof yeah. in that at Manchester United. And by the way, speaking of Everton, we've got something coming up in the transfer window regarding them. As caretaker manager Duncan Ferguson continues to do a great job, it looks like they may have their guy as manager. And we'll talk about Duncan Ferguson's future too coming up in just a few moments. Well, but,
2: taking a look at that, that top then is Liverpool, of course, still on top with 49. You got Leicester, right, right behind them at 39. Uh, that's a ten-point swing. I mean, that's a lot. That's a very large gap.
1: And with Leicester dropping two at the weekend on that draw, you know they could have closed it to eight or maintained an eight-point, but they've fallen off a little bit. Manchester City, with their win against Arsenal, uh, they are at thirty-five. Chelsea, now within arms' reach of Spurs, Chelsea hold that coveted fourth slot at twenty-nine. Yeah. Spurs at twenty-six, and then your eighteenth, nineteenth, and best twentieth best teams. <laughs> For the PC crowd, Southampton at 15 points, Norwich at 12. Watford, how bad at did nine. you want to say bottom well?
2: <laughs> oh, very much so. You you were kind of holding it back. I saw it. As
1: as Yoda would say, you must uh, unlearn what you have learned. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but but that's it in the uh, Premier League. Let's talk about La Liga for just a, a, a couple of moments. It was uh, a very busy weekend in Spain as the top two teams were held to draws, which yeah. they went into the weekend tied at the top of the table. They leave the weekend tied at the top of the table. Antoine Griezmann and Luis Suarez scored, but Barcelona was held 2-2 at Real Sociedad. And then Real Madrid had a chance to make some hay and get to the top of the table. They almost lost yeah, their match they if it wasn't for it. their goalkeeper on the offensive end.
2: <laughs> yeah, they almost blew it. And That's got to be a great feeling, though. Your keeper comes down makes a good run. I mean, that header was just there. Uh but I, I I think a couple matches back in the podcast, I, I asked you, like, as a keeper, that's got to just be a, I've 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 held this game for all, now I'm going to win it all. You know, that that's just got to be a great feeling.
1: Yeah, Thib- uh, Thibaut Courtois, the keeper for Real Madrid, tall guy. He's perfect for set pieces when you can afford to get him down there. Right. He heads a shot on target, forces oh. the keeper to make a save. The keeper cannot keep a hold of it. It's point-blank range. Can't blame yeah. the keeper. Kareem Bism. Benzema is there to tap it in one all draw with Valencia now coming up Wednesday December 18th it is the first El Clasico this one is going to be in Barcelona it's one o'clock central time two o'clock eastern a lot of people probably maybe going to church Wednesday night, so maybe knock off yeah, early, prepare for church, and just like happen to have a –
2: or a late lunch. lunch. like, oh, hey, uh, I'm going to be out. <laughs> exactly.
1: It, it's going to be a terrific match. Barcelona and Real Madrid at the top of the table at 35 points. Barca has a couple of goal differential advantage there, So technically, they're on top. Sevilla at 31 in third place. Jotafe, Jotafe at 30 and Atletico Madrid. In fifth with 29, and there's your wrap up with La Liga.
2: I like a good Jatafe. It's it's
1: it's, it's really good. You get that with a couple of scones, you're in business.
2: <laughs> hey, let's look at Syria, especially Ronaldo scoring twice.
1: Yep, that gives his tally to 11 on the season. Juventus beat Udinese 3 to 1, and Ronaldo becomes the first player to score 10 or more goals in all competitions in any of the top five European leagues Man. in each of the last 15 years and think about that when you when people make the argument of messi versus ronaldo and i'm not here to pronounce a judgment so to speak right but he's done this in england he's done it in spain Mm -hmm. and now he's done it in italy
2: man i I mean yeah i i don't want to draw straws here and say oh yeah well messi has this and ronaldo does this but that's a that's a big talking point there (laughs) you know and you can get it done Double digits in multiple leagues. Come on, man. And that's what they pay you to do. They pay you to
1: to score goals. Uh, Inter Milan hung on for a 1-1 draw with Fiorentina. In the meantime, Roma continues to get closer and closer toward the top of the table. Uh, They were able to win uh, 3-1 at the weekend. And that that leads us to Inter and Juventus tied at 39 apiece. You got Lazio at third place with 33. And then Roma and Cagliari round out your top 5 and that is what's going on in Serie A.
2: Well, what's happening in Bundesliga right now is a little boneheadish Liga. Uh especially when it comes to the Frankfurt goalkeeping.
1: What happened in that <laughs> match? It seems like it seems like a lot of our injury reports yeah. are coming from that match this week.
2: Well, okay, so Frankfurt took on Schalke and it got a little we'll just say out of hand. As a kung fu movie decided to break out in uh, in the backfield for Frankfurt, uh, Frankfurt goalkeeper Alexander Nubel decided that he was tired of the attack coming from Shulky. I mean, don't get me wrong. They were putting it on him. But this guy runs out past his 18-yard box. I would say a good 10 yards outside the 18-yard box and just flying, you know, falcon punch matched with a kick. Uh, to uh, Shulky attacker.
1: Would it have been the kick to, that would have definitively beaten Cobra Kai?
2: Um, <laughs> it would have <laughs> been flagged most definitely, <laughs> and yes, because that was a sweep of the leg. I'm just saying. Anyway, um, oh boy, I'm going to pronounce the- this. Gasinovic? Gasinovic? Sounds good. Yeah. Um, Mihad Gasinovic uh, <laughs> got attacked, basically, on the pitch. And he wound up with bruised ribs. So I guess we're not going to talk about him in the injury report as bruised ribs, well, they suck. I don't think it's going to hold him back at all. What is going to be held back is the Frankfurt goalkeeper, who essentially got banned. He got carded, red carded, and then banned subsequently after.
1: He got a three or four-month, or excuse me, three or four-match ban, I four think. Four-match ban, right, for yeah. that
2: for his little antic on the field there. Did,
1: did he at least apologize?
2: He issued a statement saying, quote, I would like to sincerely apologize to Mihad Gasinovic. I spoke to him yesterday and explained how sorry I am. I never want to injure any player, bro. You came at him with flying kung fu fury. Come on. Anyway, um... The most important thing now is that Mihat is fit and back on the pitch again soon. Come on, Noobel. You knew exactly what you were doing. I mean, you 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 you,
1: you produce a kick like that. I mean, that is something that you produce in your final kata forms for yeah. your black belt, don't you? Yeah. <laughs>
2: so not only did he get the loss, <laughs> but he did get a black belt and a red card.
1: That's a great point because Frankfurt did fall to Schalke uh, in that match. Schalke uh, moved up to a fourth, in the uh, table with that victory uh, over the weekend, but there was plenty more in there. It was, it was, it, there was a lot more than the uh, than WrestleMania or any of the uh, UFC battles that took place in that one. Wolfsburg ended Borussia Mönchengladbach's Aww. two-month run at the top. A second-half added-time goal sent them to a two-to-one win. Wolfsburg been floating around somewhere between eighth and tenth in the, at the in the table. Bit of an upset there, and. Uh, that knocks uh, Borussia Munchen. Zipper glad bags. Th- thank you. Uh, <laughs> down to second place. Well, who took over the top of the table? Well, Red Bull Leipzig yeah. uh, uh, picked up a win over the weekend, so they leapfrogged. They they now move to 33 points. Uh, Borussia Munchen.
2: Zipper glad bags.
1: Thank you. Uh, second <laughs> with 31. Uh, Dortmund at 29. Schalke at 28. Bayern Munich at 27. And uh, we're going to talk more about Leipzig in a few moments because they may be a team to watch in the Champions League knockout rounds. But also we've got some big injury news because also in that uh, UFC fight slash Bundesliga <laughs> match between Schalke and Frankfurt. Fra- and Frankfurt, thank you, there was a U.S. Yeah. men's national, league, national team player that was also injured.
2: Big-time injuries. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, that happened in Germany. Now over in France, Kylian Mbappe uh, continues to roll along. He scored another two goals as PSG cruised past St. Etienne They maintain a 7-point lead over Marseille and 11 points ahead of Lille. Question is there, does Thomas Tuchel still want to manage this club? He's making some demands for added talent to PSG. They continue to win the league easily, but they struggle in Champions League. And I think the PSG ownership, hey, listen, you can win this league all day long. We want a Champions League crown. Uh, That's really about the only controversy you've got at PSG. That's all that is going on in
2: Speaking of the Dutch, though, AZ Alkmaar squeezed out a 1-0 win over Ajax to move to co-leaders at the top of the table. Hang in with me. You need an abacus here to to follow along. You got Willem II. Wait, who? It it, it, it isn't the second, but the the third. All right, so William II's third. Wait, wait, you just said William's the second. Yeah, okay, just hang in there. And PSV slipped a fourth, so... Just to round out the table here, you got Ajax and AZ with 41. They're at the top. William II, or Willem II, is in third with 32. Okay. (laughs) PSV with 31, and um, Utrecht with um, 29. Okay. All right. I'm telling you, you need an abacus. I don't know why they call him
1: Willem II, but... Need an abacus for Willem II and maybe some cranberry juice for Utrecht. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so so that's the Dutch Leagues. That's the club ball. Let's talk about uh, Champions League for the big uh, draw that was held earlier in the week. Eight uh, eight sets of knockout round matches that yep. will be home and home. Uh, Dortmund and PSG should be a good one. Also, Real Madrid and Man City. So it's
2: Zidane versus Pep. Well, for now, until the transfers come down, and then it's a whole new new. Set of eyes on this thing, but and that's probably wise to hold off
1: on any kind of pickums now because we yeah. still got to get through the Jan- January transfer window before we even get to these February. I matches. mean,
2: Dortmund versus PSG looks great right now, but as we said, there's a lot of transfer news coming out in Dortmund and PSG, and that could completely change those two clubs. Yeah,
1: Sancho and Mbappe could be more. What about Bale and Hamas for
2: Real Madrid? That's a
1: that's a great point. Uh Atalanta and Valencia. I I don't know how many people. Outside, those clubs are really going to care about this match because what you're looking at are two underdogs, and odds are whoever wins this helps whoever they play in the next round get to the final four.
2: Yeah, they they did a really good job playing the match-em-ups when it comes to the the pairings here because you have a couple of these where they're really the same team playing each other. It's like a scrimmage match almost, uh, and it's going to, I think, end up being a grudge match. But
1: they could be pretty good. Could be very good. Uh, also in the uh, first half of those tables, Atletico versus Liverpool, and this could be a trap game oh for boy. Liverpool in the 16. the defending Champions League holders playing Atletico Madrid, and that's never going to be an easy yeah. time.
2: Yeah. Here's one of those matchups, though, Chelsea versus Bayern Munich. That's the same team playing. Well, same team for now playing itself, you know.
1: Playing. Uh, playing with their ups and downs both teams having ebbs and flows and how will the transfer window impact Chelsea now that they have permission to deal in January there's a $150 million kitty that Frank Lampard has that he uh, can use this is going to be a great, uh, great pairing to watch Chelsea and Bayern Munich
2: if I was Bayern Munich I wouldn't stop playing I would just keep the fire going. Stoke and play whoever you can.
1: <laughs> and just feed raw meat to Robert Lewandowski. You
2: just let him go. Just keep him playing. Keep him feed, fed and and keep that fire burning. But that's just me. You also got Leon versus Juventus. Um, I, I think that's kind of a sleeper. How many
1: will Ronaldo thing. score? How many yeah. will Dybala score in it, that one?
2: It's just going to be a score fest. You know, just keep the tallies going. This this one could be fun. The Spurs versus RB Leipzig, um, that could be fun. And
1: for a couple of reasons. One, Leipzig is playing great in, in their Austrian league. They're doing they're doing or excuse me, in the German league, excuse right. me. To, not to be confused with Red Bull Salzburg with Jesse March, who is playing great in the Austrian league. Right. But Red Bull Leipzig on top of the Bundesliga. That is no small feat. You've got Spurs who have been down. You look at the table now. You're thinking, okay, well, eh, you know, Spurs were runners up last year, and they're kind of struggling now. But I think they're getting better. You as have, as we just said, it. Spurs are on that run, man. And you've got you've got a manager that has won this multiple times that knows how to to, to navigate through this. I think uh, next to Chelsea and Bayern Munich on this half, I think Spurs and Leipzig. Is gonna be terrific. I hope they're on different days because I want to be able to catch yeah. the entirety of both matches live.
2: I I, I do hope they stagger them. To round out your pick, uh, your pairings, Napoli and Barcelona uh going head to head.
1: And Barca, of course, gonna be a favorite, but Carlo Ancelotti out at Napoli. Gennaro Gattuso, the Italian legend, goes in. It's another trap game. It, it it could very well be so because Gattuso will have them playing with a chip on their shoulder against Barcelona. A lot to look forward to. And that's just in February. We. This is all stuff that we get to look forward to in the next eight weeks or so. So that's a wrap up of the Champions League. Let's uh, let's move back over here into the United States. Some big news in the MLS. Charlotte is set to become the 30th franchise in uh, the MLS, and we're still waiting to get the details ironed out. But looks like 2021 or 2022, somewhere in that ballpark. And bar. the reason why it might be 2021 is because the uh, the The uh, crew that is going to be owning the Charlotte franchise is the same uh, folks that own the Charlotte uh, Carolina Panthers. And they're going to play in the football stadium. So really, you don't have as much to deal with on infrastructure. You can just drop them right in. and So it looks like Charlotte's going to be dropping in, which would be kind of an interesting regional deal, given the fact that you've got Nashville coming into the fold. You've got Atlanta uh, into the fold as well and uh, and then, of course, you got inter Miami, so you got a lot more in the East and southeast to build up. And who knows? Maybe eventually they'll split the divisions further or go. and even if they go single table, there's enough here in the southeastern United States where to really get behind continues to grow. And why wouldn't you have soccer in North Carolina because it's such a college yeah. a hotbed and so well attended for the
2: national team? Well, we got to talk about some of the college, but, this could get really interesting because as of right now, as of us recording here, there's still a couple of players without contracts. A couple of big names, right? And really big names. You're looking at Diago uh, Val- Valeri, right? With of Portland. With, yeah. He's been a star in the Northwest, um, while LAFC keeper Tyler Miller, um, he's basically. Parlayed his time there into the U.S. men's national team call-up honors and uh, league-wide respect right with Tyler Miller there. So,
1: so uh, what's the scoop on – I
2: mean, is it is it likely that these guys are going to be moving along? What's the about they, they both may return to their clubs, but they also might look into sweeter pastures elsewhere. I would argue that maybe Tyler Miller goes overseas, possibly. Why? I Just think keeper.
1: that's a great point because
2: – they they do covet
1: American goalkeepers overseas. That's that's a terrific point. Also, Valeri has so much
2: equity, goodwill equity in Portland. They may not want to lose him. But now you got a new club. You've got a, you've got two new clubs going head to head. Wouldn't you want to go for a big name? Perhaps, perhaps if if you were to look at. I mean, if I was Charlotte, I would have make some waves here.
1: Yeah, you do. But is it too soon to do that? Because then you got to shelve them but or, or loan them.
2: Well, I, I mean, why not at this point? You know, why not? It, and so you loan them, you know, uh, to, to a club that's closer here. We could see a little bit of benefit from this. You know what I'm saying? Like Memphis 901 FC, we uh, could wind up with a little bit of a bump, you know?
1: You never know. That That's a that's a good point. And even if it's not these two players, keep an eye out uh, because uh, it is the offseason here and you just never know what kind of deals may be struck. And with expansion continuing to just grow like kudzu you got to do something with the players in the meantime or you got to time it out just right uh, by the way as of this podcast we're st- what just over a month away from Concacaf calf champions league and enter miami who's not playing in that but they've got preseason coming up soon they still don't have a coach officially named although they say <laughs> when they did the recent expansion draft the coach was in was helping make decisions and it's that same person that they're looking to name very
2: soon. <laughs> Just name them. What are they doing?
0: <laughs>
2: what's what's all the smoke and mirrors? I, I don't understand that. Speaking of uh, no smoke and mirrors here, Christian Pulisic and Julie Ertz, both players of the year when it comes to men's and women's teams respectively. Uh, this is uh, – who, who named them that?
1: U.S. Soccer. Oh, U.S. Soccer. Yeah. And, and deservedly so. Julie Ertz has been Come a on. stalwart for the team. Of course, yeah. the World Cup. Christian Pulisic has been uh, good for club and for c- clubs, Dortmund and Chelsea, and yeah. for country. And of course, Julie Ertz has been very good in the National Women's Soccer League as well. So, uh, greatly earned honors, well deserved, and congratulations to them. Think about the gene pool with Julie Ertz. Oh, Though she's gosh. married, what is, is, is it was is her husband name? Is it Zach Zachary's. Ertz, who plays tight end for, for the Philadelphia Eagles.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, you would have to kick a ball at some point, right? If you're their children. <laughs> like, <laughs> or I don't know, pick one up.
1: <laughs> yeah, you got to. Male
2: sh- or female, it doesn't matter. You're football. playing football.
1: <laughs> playing one type of football or another. Exactly. <laughs> Whether it's got the accent over the U or not. <laughs> a lot of props to them. Uh, big props to the men's and women's national champions in NCAA soccer. Uh, both national championship matches went to kicks from the mark. I was told not to call these penalty kicks because no penalties were no called. No penalties, yeah. Just,
2: just from the mark there. It's like daylight
1: savings time. Drop the <laughs> S. It's just one. There's no coupons. There's no, there's no coupons. No, no coupons.
2: Coupon doesn't offer a rate on that. I need a rate up back on my sleep. That's Hang on. Sure. Throw me a rope. I'm
1: going down a rabbit
2: hole here. <laughs> uh,
1: Stanford and, and North Carolina women's uh, match went scoreless uh, through the 90 minutes and then through overtime. And then it was Stanford taking the title 5-4 to on kicks from the mark. However, totally different scene with Virginia and Georgetown.
2: Yeah, that was a score fest, Virginia and Georgetown. Both tied at three, then it went to kicks because they decided not to play, I guess, the second half in the overtime and just, you know what? We'll settle this in kicks. Great idea. And and of
1: course, that was a score fest too. That one went to 7-6. to Georgetown claiming its first men's national uh, soccer championship, so Congratulations to them, and uh, I know that's that, that's that got to be uh, fantastic for both Stanford and for Georgetown. So there's a look at college. Hey, let's take a look at the transfer window. Uh, Liverpool are looking to do a sign and loan back deal for a 19-year-old uh, left back. He plays for League One uh, Coventry, Sam McCallum. Now, for those of you not familiar with the hierarchy in England, Premier League is your top tier Your next tier below, that's called the championship. And then your third tier is called League One. So for Sam McCallum to be 19, he's getting a lot of minutes there. If they're looking to season him, uh, that may be the right place to just tuck him away, let him continue to earn his chops there at least for the next five or six months.
2: Yeah. If if they sign him. If they sign him up. And, yeah, that could be very beneficial to that that club. Uh, How about LAFC looking to add help? Uh, to Diego Rossi and more scoring opportunities. We just got done talking he doesn't have his contract yet, but they're looking at a fellow Uruguayan. How do you say that? Uruguayan? Uruguayan. Person from Uruguay. Anyway, yeah, 23 Yeah, because yeah, yeah, we were talking about
1: Tyler Miller in goal and uh, they probably are hoping to sign him up, but they are going to sign some offense up, which if you're scoring goals, you don't need to give up or, or you can afford to give up a few more.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, and then, you know, you're looking at a deal worth 2.5 mil on the back end of that. So, And,
1: and who are they looking to get?
2: Um, maybe Montevideo uh, Wanderers, you know, uh, midfielder there.
1: Oh, uh, Francisco uh, uh, Ganea. Ganea, yeah. Francisco Ganea. Um, that would be good for them. Uh, they would get some youth in the midfield and for diego rossi somebody to maybe distribute him the ball a bit more lafc ran away with it they look great in the regular season uh fell way short in
2: the playoffs when, uh, when you've got a playoff coach Mulqueen queen talked about it you have a bad game in the playoff that's it it's over yeah so so yeah
1: what's done is done and there's a look oh you know i guess we should also talk about this in the transfer window too as of this podcast, we're looking at two managerial jobs possibly being filled by the end of the week, and one looks more likely than the other, and that one's in the Northwest.
2: Yeah, so there is a little hiccup, though, when it comes to one of these, and that is there might not have been permission given. Right. That's on the,
1: that, that is one with your team. Your, yeah. your, your team's been tapping up. Arsenal, what are you doing? <laughs> Come
2: on. But in the meantime, Everton looks like maybe they found their guy. Yeah, which. You know, surprises. Surprises a little bit, yeah, right. I mean, we've been talking about Everton, you know, back and forth with a couple people uh, in the discussion there. But now, uh, it looks like that's a done deal with at Everton. A deal, I guess, a deal in principle with Carlo Ancelotti. Uh, Ancelotti, we don't know for certain, but in principle, it's done. Right, which is a done deal. However,
1: at Arsenal... Maybe he has to go through the physical. No, it's just a player's thing. That's a player's thing. Well, I don't know. Do managers have to go through a physical? I think most of them smoke. I don't think there's a physical. Otherwise, <laughs> I don't know.
2: Could you see... Could you see fat... Um, Sam Allardyce? <laughs> Sam Allardyce going through a physical? <laughs> They're like, sir, half your bloodstream is Crisco at this point. Stop. Stop. <laughs> As
1: you said, a deal in principle has been reached. They have not made a formal announcement, so we will call that semi-imminent as, yeah. as of time, as of right this moment. Yeah, hold your breath because that's a dungeon. Now let's talk about the cheaters' arsenal. Oh we, we, my gosh! We, now Sunday night, what are they doing over there? Sunday night after their loss to Manchester City in London, well, the Manchester City uh, brass had no idea that some of the Arsenal brass went to go visit. Uh, Mikel Arteta uh, just before midnight. And we this talked about Arteta being perhaps a prime candidate because he had played at Arsenal. Right. He is Pep Guardiola's right-hand man. had a had a uh, had, a, had a, a stellar career not just at Arsenal but also at Everton. So he is somebody that has been looked at as a possible manager, not just for Arsenal but perhaps at some point a successor for Pep Guardiola. But no permission. Uh, this is or so even weird. Even
2: requested by Arsenal to go visit him. Yeah. Th- so in the middle of the night. Uh, Arsenal brass goes to Man City, knocks on the door middle of the night, come on, that sounds like a mob hit <laughs> you know, like hey, do you know where your kid's at? No! <laughs> <laughs> Sir? <laughs> you know, like, what are they doing? And then on top of that, this news leaks out, and then the league gets a hold of it saying, well, you never asked permission for this, what, what are you doing?
1: Yeah, now, Manchester City has said that if he wishes to go they're not going to stop him, no hard feelings, I mean I mean, let's put yourself in Arteta's shoes. Did would he, you really want that Arsenal job? Would you want it? And and if you were approached, do you do? You, are you even supposed to ask if you have permission, or do
2: you even know that you're some that maybe you ought to ask? I don't think it's the the suitor. I think it's more on the suitor that's you know asking. is yeah. You know, it's up to them to ask permission.
1: If I'm Arteta, I'm weighing right now whether I want to go to Arsenal or if I wait out. And see what's going to happen with Guardiola because if Guardiola doesn't win the Champions League, he may just decide, you know, I've done all I can here. I think we've had our best chance at this, and perhaps he moves on to something else.
2: If Arsenal comes at him and says, Arteta, listen, you have free reign. Whatever you want to do over here at Arsenal, we support you. Here's the credit card. You know, he, he, basically, here's the keys to the to the shop. You do whatever you need to do over there. Because if I was Arteta, I'd be like, okay, first thing that needs to go is the team. (laughs) You know? Uh, Either the team goes or I go. And whatever you want to, you know, to go from there. Because there's nothing salvageable at this point, I think, at Arsenal. Burn it down, as I said before in the last week's podcast. So we'll
1: find out if Arteta is going to be the guy. But as we record this, he is not the guy yet. But it is perhaps, instead of semi imminent, semi-semi-semi. Eminent uh, because at this point, this one you met, don't
2: hold your breath for. With the Everton, you can hold your breath because you're not going to be holding your breath long. With this one, I don't
1: know. Because then the question is who do you take? Because right now, I don't even think Freddie Lundberg has much in the way of backroom staff. Who does Arteta get to, to stock it up? That's
2: what I'm saying. You've got to burn it all down. Yeah.
1: So there you go. There's a look at your transfer window of uh, what's going on, and much of that has to do with managers in the Premier League. All right, let's talk about injuries. You know, that Shanka-Frankfurt match had uh, the kung fu kick. Someone who didn't suffer a kung fu kick but a freak injury going up for a 50-50 ball is a U.S. Men's National Team Star.
2: Well, he left with a dislocated shoulder. Now, this could be very, very problematic, as whenever you have a dislocation, you always run the risk of a tear or this, that, and the other. Um, He's going to be out for a couple weeks. Uh, And again, that's in the wake of that injury-riddled Schilke versus Frankfurt match. Um, He could be out for a bit. Arsenal, uh, you had Kieran Tierney also dislocated his shoulder. There was a lot of dislocated shoulders uh, this weekend. Uh, He did it last week in the 3-1 win versus West Ham. He's estimated to be out for at least three months, and I say that's a very generous three months at that. Now, you mentioned a lack of Memphis. Lack of soccer for Memphis until the summer. This is very problematic. You're not talking about my home, are you there, Tim? Oh, no, no, not not at all. I'm actually (coughs) talking about France over in Ligue 1. Uh, (laughs)
1: Lyon's, well, and former Manchester United player and current uh, Dutch international Memphis Depay uh, suffered a rupture in his ACL. Jeez. And he has reportedly done until at
2: least June. Underline that word, least. What was that? League what? Least. League. Oh, Leon? League. League Un? League Un. Uh, I think there's more
1: guttural. There's a lot of... League Un.
2: (laughs) Anyway, um, speaking of injuries, we got to talk to the injury queen herself. Well,
1: she deals with a lot of injuries, right? She doesn't dole them out. She tries to uh, contain them. (laughs) She tries to... Uh, fix them. She tries to prevent them. The head trainer of USL Championship side Memphis 901 FC's Angie Zokowski joins us for the second half. The A que- couple of big questions. One, are all of last year's injuries okay? And secondly, and maybe just as importantly, did she bring the magic spray? Did she bring did it?
0: The magic spray, baby!
1: We'll find out next.
0: And that takes us to the half. More next on My3Subs. A Soccer Odyssey.
1: If you own a company or if you're a decision maker within a company, I think you're going to want to know about Ease of Approval. Easeofapproval.com is the website. Ease of Approval is a communication tool that is web-based. It's designed to replace email where there's an approval process. It's very flexible. You can use it internally or you can use it business to business. Look, email is great, but it was not designed to handle sensitive workflow. With email, you're just one delete click away from losing vital information. Ease of Approval's dashboard is transparent, which means all the users are going to be focused On what's important, managing their workflow, not wasting valuable time trying to track down a valuable email. And ease of approval offers real time oversight. You can see all the outstanding work that's required in the dashboard, and it's flexible. It's great for single companies or multi divisional organizations. And ease of approval goes with you into those production meetings with real time performance analytics, meaning you can show everybody who's delivering their goods and services on time and who is falling behind. Oh, and your finance and compliance people are going to love this too, because ease of approval provides a transparent audit trail and also simple invoice reconciliation into Excel. Accountability has never been more affordable and simpler. Go to easeofapproval.com and find out what they can do to help you stay on top of your organization. Ease of Approval. Accountability made simple.